Hi there, Caitlin here. Our mission at EB Academics is simple. Help middle school ELA teachers take back their time outside of the classroom by providing them with engaging lessons, planning frameworks, and genuine support so that you can become the best version of yourself, both inside and outside of the classroom. So if you think you might be ready to try something new because you know you simply cannot continue the way that you have been, that I'd invite you to take a moment to check out the EB Teachers Club, the EB Writing Program, or the EB Grammar Program by visiting the links in the description of the podcast. We hope to continue to support you within one of our programs in the future. And in the meantime, we look forward to serving you right here on the podcast each week. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, you guys. We are spending like all of June together. I feel like you get extra of us this month. It's fun. <laughs> right? I love it. It Jess. is. I'm enjoying so, it. And totally. good topics too. I know. It's great topics. All stuff w- that you and I love to talk about. Mm-hmm. In addition to writing, which we'll be talking about writing in July. That'll come soon enough, soon enough. Um, but just like our intro mentioned, if you haven't had a chance yet to go sign up for our free PD workshop, we're talking about three strategies to not only fit it all in, in your classroom, but also keep your students engaged in their learning and increase their learning outcomes. I talked about this on the last um, episode. It's like the trifecta of problems that we have as teachers, engagement, increasing student learning outcomes, and how in the world do I fit in all of the ELA standards that I need to cover as a middle school ELA teacher. And that's exactly what we'll be talking about in that free PD workshop together. Jessica and I will be live with you. You'll get to be in Zoom with us, ask us questions. There'll be a whole community. Um, We're really excited. It's always such a great experience. So grab your free ticket for that. Uh, If you go to ebacademics.com forward slash engagement, you can sign up. You'll get all of the information sent to your email, and then we'll be seeing you um, in our pop-up Facebook group shortly in the next couple of weeks. So today's podcast episode, we're going to be talking about why a systematic curriculum is the key to unlocking student potential. And we're willing to bet that in all the college classes you took to prepare to be a teacher, that no one ever taught you how to actually effectively lesson plan so that your units systematically built on one another, right? Where review was consistently weaved in through spiral lessons. Instead, just like us, you probably had classes on curriculum development where you made up a three-week ELA unit with hypothetical hands-on lessons and assessments that were so jam-packed with activities that there was not a chance that students would have ever gotten through anything in three weeks in an actual classroom, right? All of that theory did not translate and apply into practice at all, at least for me and Jessica's nodding her head. So it sounds like for her too. And I'm sure for you guys as well, right? And now that you're in the classroom, lesson planning or mapping out your curriculum looks something like spending Sunday afternoons or one of your prep periods flipping through your literature anthology, picking out the units to teach because they look interesting or because your district requires it, right? Or moving from one unit to the next, hoping that, you know, they wrap up neatly before your next break. You're like, oh my gosh, it's Thanksgiving. I got to make sure this unit's done at this time or whatever it might be, right? Or perhaps you finish one short story unit and then you immediately move into a writing unit followed by your second novel unit for the year. It's like you're kind of just going back and forth. You buy units and lessons on TPT. You sprinkle them in throughout the year. And all of that doesn't have necessarily any rhyme or reason to why we're doing what we're doing. 
but we're willing to bet we are not alone in this and that that's your way of outlining your curriculum or planning each week. As long as you're hitting some of the standards, you most likely just move from unit to unit. And eventually you get into a routine, right? So that after a few years in the classroom, you kind of have the order down in which you teach everything. But when you really think about this way of doing things, like when you really stop and look at the year as a whole, doesn't it seem just a little bit haphazard, right? It almost seems like you're just checking things off a list, making sure you get all your units completed during the year. Maybe you tweak a lesson here or there. You just kind of hope, okay, I covered everything I need to. But instead, what if you could rely on a systematic curriculum, one that makes lesson planning so much easier and way more efficient? one that guarantees you're making the most out of your class periods. It's a systematic curriculum that best serves your students so that they are mastering the standards and really showing growth as readers and writers. Yeah. And if you haven't been doing this or you have been working haphazardly, there is no judgment at all because that was a hundred percent me. And in fact, that's why I quit teaching. That's why I left the profession three and a half years in March. And I'm like, I can't even make it to the end of the year because of this, because it was so haphazard. I was so stressed out all the time, but I wasn't taught any better. I wasn't taught any differently. Like it wasn't my fault. And it's the same thing. Like it's not your fault. And that's why it is a huge part of our mission at EB is to teach teachers how to do what Jessica and I ultimately ended up doing when we worked across the hall from each other, which is all of the stuff that we're talking about on the podcast, all the stuff that we're going to talk about at the professional development workshop that we're doing, right? It is so hugely important to one, recognize that it's not you, that it's not your fault, that you weren't taught any differently, but now you get to operate in a different way. Now you get to see something better that's going to serve you better in your life. And so we want to talk about like, how do you create a systematic curriculum that ensures that you feel confident walking into your class? You're good delivering your lessons every single day. You're like, I got this, right? How do you create a curriculum that naturally builds on past lessons, challenges students to grow, one that feels purposeful, one that feels aligned? And at the end of the day, it all comes down to, again, using a framework. And in this case, it's a lesson planning framework. Because when you follow a framework, you can then plug and play lessons for the year. And that ensures that your lessons are more organized. It helps you clarify your goals clarify your objectives, not just for a daily yet lesson, but for your units. And I want to make mention of something here. I went in and spoke to a local high school students recently. It was an entrepreneurship class. And I asked the teacher before I came in and spoke, I'm like, what was your intended, what's your intended learning outcome for your students so that I can make sure that, you know, I, I, I tailor my topic effectively. And he didn't know the answer to that question. And to me, that said, it was kind of a haphazard thing. And I'm like, also great opportunity. I'm going to teach you how to do this better, right? But it's so important because you need to clarify your goals and objectives for why you're doing what you're doing. Otherwise, why are you doing what you're doing? And also having a framework helps you maintain consistency in your instruction. That keeps you on pace for fitting in everything that you need to as a teacher because a framework can more easily help you plan lessons for months at a time batch planning. We talked about that on the last podcast episode. You can also manage your time better. And again, ensure that you cover everything that you need to for the year. So at EB, we teach our teachers inside the EB Teachers Club how to use this lesson planning framework. And we call it the into, through, and beyond. 
so that they can create a systematic curriculum. So I want you to think of an into lesson as a lesson that hooks your students at the start of any unit. Then the through lessons are like the heart of your unit where you're really focused on the standards you want to cover. So those are multiple lessons. It might be, you know, two days worth. It might be two weeks worth. And then the beyond lesson is like the wrap up of your unit. It's an opportunity for your students to apply what they learned from all those through lessons. And once you start thinking in terms of this into through beyond framework, then all your units will start flowing in this pattern. And it's really cool because as you're sitting down to plan, you first ask yourself, okay, do I need an into an into lesson right now? Do I need a through lesson? Do I need a beyond lesson? And so today we're going to focus just on one aspect of this. We're going to zero in on the through lessons. And the through lessons offer you this really great opportunity to spiral review. So as I just mentioned, remember the through lessons are like the heart of your unit. Those can be when students are reading a particular text, having a discussion, doing some kind of standards aligned activity, but we want to focus on the spiral aspect of that. So I'll let Caitlin kind of explain that to you. Cool. So if you're working on a writing unit, okay, let's say it's literary analysis writing, your through lessons might be activities where students find learn how to write, um, I'm sorry, where students are learning how to write introductory paragraphs, right? They're coming up with strong claims. They're finding relevant evidence from the text. They're justifying their reasoning. They're writing strong transitions. They're crafting um, concluding paragraphs, right? So they're doing all of those different things and learning how to, to write those different aspects of a literary analysis unit. So when that literary analysis writing unit is over, and you move into another unit, perhaps it's a short story unit or a poetry unit, et cetera, you can and absolutely should spiral your through lessons again. So what does this look like? Okay. Basically, this means that you would have your students now write claims for this new text. They would come up with an introductory paragraph for this new text. They would find relevant evidence for this new text, et cetera. So you get what I'm saying? So that first unit, you're teaching them how to do all of this. Then when you're in your poetry unit, you're using that particular text to practice what you taught them how to do. Because students need this repetition to build on these skills and become more proficient. It's not just a one and done writing unit that will get students mastering the standards. Spiral review is an essential part of a systematic curriculum. Over the course of a year, in this case, if you're doing this, students might write multiple text-dependent literary analysis essays. For my eighth graders, they wrote like six, seven, maybe eight text-dependent literary analysis essays. Not one, not two, not three, like six, seven, eight of them. They knew how to find claims or how to formulate claims. They knew how to find evidence, right? Because they were doing it all the time. The other thing I want to note here is that this is just one way to spiral. Like this is just one example. You might also have your students just write different claims for a lesson on any given day, like on a Friday or something that you plan into your calendar. Or there might be another day where you're helping them just find relevant evidence. So you're practicing different components of, in our case, the EBW approach, which is literary analysis writing. Or maybe you give them an introductory paragraph and they write the body paragraph. So you can notice there are so many different ways to spiral this one writing style that I taught my students in this one lesson, in this one unit rather at the beginning of the year, 
now I'm incorporating it over and over and over and over again into my lessons. And I think the key there, the point there is however you choose to do it, right? The the important thing is to actually spiral review those lessons, right? Get your students practicing those standards in different ways. And when you do that, that's key to creating a systematic curriculum. That's key to unlocking your students' potential. And the beauty of spiraling your content like this is when you're lesson planning and you're mapping out your units using that into, through, and beyond framework that I mentioned, well, you can outline one unit, then look ahead a few weeks and say, okay, time for a quick spiral review lesson schedule that in, look ahead a few more weeks, schedule in another spiral review day, and so on. So you're intentionally planning out your year so that students can actually master the standards and build on those skills. And at the same time, like planning becomes so much easier for you because you know ahead of time when you sit down, and again, you know, hopefully that's batch planning for you, but when you sit down to plan and you plan out that argumentative or that literary analysis unit, you're just going to immediately pencil in the spiral review day. So it's really awesome actually to look at your plans and say, oh my gosh, like two months from now, I know what I'm doing on Thursday, January 6th or whatever it is. Right. And you just feel so in control of your plans. And like, there's a purpose to everything, Mm -hmm. which makes it really spiraling your content. Just this beautiful thing. Like, I love it. When you look at all, when our teachers submit their uh, lessons to us for after batch planning live as a part of our uh, I don't want to say competition. Um, what's just the word? Like, we incentivize you for just showing us your plans for the yes. year. A giveaway, but, right? Yeah, a, a giveaway. giveaway. Yeah. A competition. Everything's a competition with me. Um, <laughs> it's really a beautiful thing, right? To see everything laid out in front of you. Like, oh my gosh, everything's intentional, right? I know what's happening when spiraling narrative writing, spiraling responses to literature, spiraling certain speaking and listening skills, right? So that you're constantly reviewing. It just makes total sense to get the most out of your curriculum. But then you can also spiral, like Jessica was saying, those into, through, and beyond lessons with that framework, right? If that makes sense. So when you're spiraling, there are systems basically for two different things that exist within our EB lesson planning approach. And so we want to give you an example of spiraling um, the actual planning framework, okay? So if you're an EB Teachers Club member, you may have access to a resource that we call the success script. And basically, this resource contains templates for into lessons, for through lessons, and for beyond lessons that can be used in the classroom over and over and over again. And so Jessica, if you want to give us an example of one of those. Yeah. So one of the into activities in that success script Um, It's used to hook students. It's called popcorn predictions. It's very simple. And it's an activity you can do before reading any particular text. And what you do is you pass out sentence strips and they should be like intriguing sentences from the text that you're about to read. So you give each student a sentence strip and then they pop around the room and they share their sentences with a partner. They make a prediction and they pop to someone new and they make a new prediction. And so it's a great activity to do once, you know, students love it with whatever novel you're reading but then why not do it again a few months later? So you're spiraling that activity, or we often call it rinsing and repeating that activity multiple times throughout your year. And it's wonderful because since students have already done it at least once before, they're familiar with it, right? You don't have to use class time explaining how to do it. They're just ready to go and they're probably going to be better and better at it, right? Make stronger predictions the more they do it. And it really saves you time planning because 
you're just changing out the sentences for your next text. So when you're outlining your lesson plans, you're just saying popcorn predictions for this text, two months later, popcorn predictions for that text. And I love that now that we have access to chat GPT, like you can save even further time. You don't even have to come up with the sentences. You can ask chat GPT to give you, you know, 10 intriguing sentences from, and then name whatever novel you're reading. And that's just one example of spiraling and into activity, but it's a great way to always be thinking about how can I rinse and repeat? How can I spiral an into lesson or a through lesson or even a beyond lesson throughout the school year? And when you do that, notice you're starting to create that systematic curriculum. It makes your lesson planning so much easier because you're relying on this system. You have this lens through which to look through and see, okay, where are there gaps in my curriculum? Are there certain skills I need to cover again with my students? Are there certain standards that I haven't covered yet? Okay, I'm going to make sure I do it once and then spiral it in for the end of the year again. Or maybe you realize, ooh, I'm spiraling in, you know, name the standard a few too many times. I think my students have mastered that. Maybe I can pull back on some of those and substitute a lesson somewhere else. Yeah, so it's really these two concepts of spiraling content And then also spiraling into through and beyond lessons or rinsing and repeating, right? Those time and time again, so that you create the system for yourself that is really like this plug and play. And then you're not just choosing lessons online because it's nine o'clock on a Sunday night. You're looking for something on TPT. You're like, oh my God, I got to teach whatever it is, right? You're not going to need to do that anymore because you have this system in place that falls under the total umbrella right, of our EB lesson planning approach. So again, we're going to do this in more detail. We're going to give you examples and things like that to use lessons to use in your classroom at our free June PD. So make sure that you sign up for that, grab your free spot, go to ebacademics.com forward slash engagement to do so. So we're actually going to be back on Thursday of this week. So it's again, episodes every Tuesday, every Thursday, bonus episodes, all kinds of stuff coming your way, because this is something that we are super, super passionate about. And that we know will make a difference for you as a teacher. Like this is the freaking game changer, right? So on Thursday, we'll be back to talk about teaching smarter, not harder. We've all heard that, right? Smarter, not harder. Um, Achieving the perfect blend of fun, rigor, and learning. So that's what we will be back on Thursday to talk about with you guys. So we'll see you next uh, episode on the podcast. Bye everyone. See you soon, everyone.